stocks are giving back some of the big two-day gain. It was the biggest two-day rally since spring 2020, a pretty incredible figure, especially when it reminds you that that was two years ago and more. Let's uh, bring in Kelly Bouchelon joining us, senior partner at Soundview <clears throat> Wealth Advisors. Kelly, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Good morning from beautiful Savannah, Georgia. I like that. Okay, I'm jealous. You guys have probably got a little warmer weather down there right now as we do in Chicago. How about the weather here in the market for the Federal Reserve? Are the storm clouds clearing at all based on a few days of soft data? Because the market seems to love a few misses in the economic prints the last two days. Yes, so we've been communicating with clients that it probably looks like with the Fed looking at their dot plots, the real issue is going to be when they see the environment change such that they won't have to feel the need to keep tightening or that'll end the discussion. That's probably going to be after three of the dot plots line up. We've kind of come to the conclusion that two points might make a line, but three make a trend. And until I think they see three you know, consistent points that say we've got some control over the inflation concerns, I think it's going to be pretty volatile. When we talk about volatility right now, is it in bonds? Is it in stocks? Is it in both? Where does it start? Well, you look at what's happened with the, with the stock market and how volatile it's been, but as everybody knows, it's been a really bad year in the pricing and the bond market. So for new cash, I, you know, I pointed out now the safe rate of return is a little north of 4%, and the safe rate of return is where a lot of people want to hide out. Uh, we do think that as this evolves and you wind up where you know, the safe rate of return is some number more than what we had seven, nine, or 10 months ago at 0.25%, it's probably gonna be healthy for the market because suddenly investors have a choice and they're real investors. They're not just chased into the stock market because safe rate of return is a half a percent. So I think we can be healthy, but it's gonna take a few more quarters. Okay. And uh, as we get through that, what's the process then for investors? Uh, do we wait until the coast is clearer? Or if uh, the inevitability of a clear coast is the case, do we start loading up and buying beaten down assets right now? Well, you know, the big question is, are we in a technical fall or is it a fundamental correction? And where do we stand on that? So our viewpoint, if you take most of the research in some sort of consortium, I think you'd find that the, the outlook into the middle of next year, early part of next year might look a lot better as we get earnings disappointments behind us and warnings. And then we've got it, the interest rate reset. Inflation certainly should be cooling at that point. And, uh, you know, prices, some prices look pretty inexpensive today in terms of the stock market. But investors have had this issue where when we've been buying or we're looking at buying, we get corrections rolling for a while. And so, you know, the good news is we're not near where we were in 2008 and the peak to trough from 2007 in October to in 2009 in March, we were off around 45 to 50%. So we're nowhere near that, but uh, people are uneasy and concerned. And, um, you know, I think it's gonna take a few months before people feel really comfortable buying equities, maybe at just about any price. Mm. Uh, Kelly, uh, thinking about what could surprise us here, 
there was some concern over the weekend that we might get a major financial event uh, with Credit Suisse in Europe. Last week, uh, even prior to that, there were a lot of concerns about what was happening in the British economy. Uh, is there any potential for a, a black swan type, a, a multiple standard deviation event? How does that risk fit in with just the kind of grinding pain of tightening financial conditions driven by the Fed? Because there is a distinction we should make, isn't there? There is this valuation compression that we've been going through, and then there's real kind of unknown risk. Do you feel that the odds of some of that extreme risk are high or low right now? Well, I think there's no question that the likelihood of some exogenous event, when you've got tightening credit around the world, you've got sort of this nationalization and belief that maybe global trade is gonna slow and there are barriers for that, and companies that are a little bit on the edge are going to get some surprises. And I think we can expect to see some unhealthy, unkind surprises with some of the financial institutions, maybe, or even other firms across the globe as we move through this. Certainly, the Russian disturbance is a real problem, and they're going to get, get surprised with supply-demand issues. And we really haven't seen those kind of things happen. There's a lot of discussion about discussion about it. Clearly, the, the uh, pound issue has been a big surprise and um, been difficult to swallow. So it wouldn't surprise us at all um, to see some disruption with some event with different companies. Um, interestingly enough, I would point out one quick thing. For the individual investor, as long as you have adequate cash, adequate cash flow, dividends and interest payments, and there's money that's coming due around your portfolio for the next year. And you can stomach 18, 24 months um, without having to sell. History would show we'll be okay. But you know, we're in the middle of this thing now for really, a, in my opinion, our opinion, a year and um, with low interest rates. And so now we're going the other way and it's gonna take some time and there are gonna be negative surprises. And we're just gonna have to be prepared for that by having cash and make sure we're comfortable with what we own. Mm. And that's our view. Kelly, what right now do you think is the strongest um, uh, uh, in the suite of what you own? What do you think is the ballast here? What do you feel most confident in? Well, I think like a lot of people in our industry, new money that's come in, we've been buying short-term rate vehicles, uh, tr treasuries. Now we can get a good rate with the idea that in six months or nine months, we'll be looking at more stocks. We haven't been a heavy equity buyer all year long, fortunately. Um, we haven't been sellers, but we haven't been buyers. And I would tell you that uh, for the most part, uh, I'm not sure that the market's more suffering from a lack of buyers than it is just outright sellers. And um, so we're gonna step into that. We're gonna be heavy equity buyers because at some point this is gonna change. And you know, I think large cap, high quality companies that have good balance sheets, um, will we'll do well over the next couple of years once the tide turns a little bit. But keep in mind, a lot of really good companies have hiked their dividends this year, and nobody's talking about that. So there's some resilience out there, but the interest rates, the global concerns, all these things are putting so much pressure on equities that, that again, I just think there's no appetite for, for a lot of buying. Mm. Now, those uh, quality businesses, 
Uh, are they going to be the same quality businesses that supported us during COVID? We got a little bit of a scare, even with Apple last week, a report that the latest demand is not going to be as strong for these phones. Do we have to redefine what quality is going to be in the post-COVID comeback? Great question. So, yeah, I think that it's pretty clear that it won't be all led by technology. I think companies like Microsoft, Apple, with their balance sheets and all those, the, the, you know, the, the consortium of those businesses are going to do just fine. You know, maybe they don't need to have multiples where they were, but they're going to do well as we move forward. Because remember, one thing about technology is once, as, as businesses, you employ technology, you're going to see margin expansion across the board for those companies. So um, the, the reality is technology is important. It's going to be important. And, but there are other places too. Historically, staples, healthcare, and technology are among the three most consistent sectors that have built long-term wealth. And so that's a great place, I think, to focus in an environment like this and looking forward, you know, two years, let's say. Remember, we're trying to invest for 24 months to five years, not for 22 minutes like a lot of the hedge funds are and those guys that are, you know, trading the market up and down every day. Kelly, great conversation, uh, a thorough discussion, an excellent start to our show. Appreciate you. You got it. Have a great day. You too. Hey. Kelly Bouchelon joining us, senior partner at Soundview Wealth Advisors.